let's not waste time or take this slow We've got miles behind us but miles to go So let's just break this down to the simplest truth You and I as one will always be better than Welcome to Relax and Free, a clinically-minded, biblically-based counseling podcast. I am your host, Gary Corley, here with my good friends, Doug Bonebreak and Google Chris. hey Hello. Yeah, and today, uh, you're just going to get to see what it's like to hang out with the three of us. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, we got some questions. We got some some clinical Christian questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so I've I've had some people ask me various questions um, just in talking to them about this podcast, um, trying to figure out what do people know about counseling, what do people know about Christian counseling, what do people not know, yeah, etc. Um, and there were actually a couple of friends of mine who ha- had a surprising gap in knowledge of what counseling even is in general. Um, they hadn't been through the process mm-hmm. um, of essentially the talk therapy. Is that appropriate for me to say that <laughs> or no? Yeah. I mean, you know, that is a method in counseling is talk therapy. It's like a, okay. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to equate it to something like in the IT world. You don't do that. You don't need to do that. Okay. That's fine. Okay. The IT world is not my home. I just okay. live there. All for right. Now. Yeah. <laughs> the um, IT world's boring. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> don't take something that's more interesting <laughs> and then try and make it less interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I would like to propose a question to the doctor of um, what is counseling? What's your purpose? What's it look like? Oh, well, that's two questions. That is two questions. By, <laughs> by definition, that was two questions. <laughs> well, and two different answers. Like one, what is counseling? I get very, in my mind, I'm very literal with that. I don't know if you, you're like, sure. Well, I'm a very literal person. Then be but, literal. Let's yeah. go. What's, what's, what's counseling? How would you describe it if someone was like, so if, if I went up to Chris, I was like, man, you really need to get some counseling. And they're just like, I just, I don't. I don't believe in that. I don't know what that is. I fully don't understand what it is, what the purpose is, and what it can do for me. Okay, I have to tell this story because you just okay. said that Chris's answer would be, I don't believe in that. And sure. <laughs> I have to tell you how literal I am. And I'm gonna I'm going to talk about that with a story about my daughter, who is my oldest daughter, who is also very literal. <laughs> this will be good. This is so. This is one of the best stories ever. She doesn't mind that I tell it because she thinks it's hilarious. So, <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, we live in Kansas City. Well, in like three and a half hours south of Kansas City is this like uh, town called Branson, which is like a, you know, I don't know. There's like a theme park there, and it's in the mountains. It is a country, yeah, hick version of oh, Disneyland. Ooh. Ouch. Man. Is Hick bad? Sorry. I, I, I just mean. Well, I don't know. It just, I mean, it depends on who you are. I, I, mean, I agree with you, but I think people that love Branson are going to be offended. <laughs> I mean, you go to. I was <laughs> obviously <laughs> visiting Branson. <laughs> Sorry. I, 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 I haven't been there, but I, just, what? I mean. You have 
haven't even been to Branson. I know enough. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking most specifically about Silver Dollar, Silver Dollar City. Branson as a whole, I've heard, is really beautiful and a great place to visit. And Table Rock Lake. Uh, you really, Table you really Lake backtracked you on that. You pulled out real well. Really I, really like really well. I just I associate <laughs> so, Branson with Silver Dollar this, City only. This band of <laughs> hicks was driving back from Branson. Okay, I apologize to anyone out there who's offended <laughs> <laughs> by calling it hicks. I, that was a term of endearment. Yeah. I just met people who like handcrafted bed frames or whatever. That's a hick to you. Antique photos. That, a hick is a is a is like That's a, actually a good transition Amish? to the story. I was about to say Amish <laughs> is the handcrafted <laughs> furniture. So which is good. It's a good transition because between Branson and Kansas City is Mennonite and Amish communities. Okay. Okay. And they will drive their or ride their horse and buggies along the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Well, my oldest daughter, this is about, she's, this is about four years ago. She was 10 or 11. And we're driving back from Branson and we pass a horse and buggy. And she said, dad, why are they, why are they riding a horse and buggy? Like, why aren't they in a car? And I said, well, sweetie, they don't believe in cars. And she like gets this look on her face and she goes, they can see us, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, <laughs> That's solid. And I said, yes, yes, I'm sorry. They can see us. They just don't think that cars are healthy you know, mm -hmm. to drive. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. So that's how literal we are okay. in the Corley family. So when you say so, if you don't, so when you ask me back, what is counseling, though. I'm like, well, counseling is when you go in and you sit and you talk to a counselor. Okay. <laughs> yes. No. That's what. That's. Yeah. I mean, some people don't know that, or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Yeah. So, so if I were to come into you with a problem, um, yeah. what are you doing other than asking me why? <laughs> well, <laughs> which you know is a really good way to just keep me talking. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that is part of counseling is to explore and assess what is going on in someone's life. So this is, I used to teach counseling theory, and then um, I train our counselors here at, at Lakewood Family Therapy. And uh, the most important aspect of counseling has always been and will always be the relationship that you build with between the therapist and the client. Okay. Okay. So, and data proves this out. Research proves this out time and time again sure. that it doesn't matter what method you use. And there's lots of methods out there. Um, it doesn't matter which theory you hold to. I mean, it does, but it doesn't in terms of outcome. Sure. What really derives success in therapy it's a relationship between, um, you know, the counselor and the client. And so in that line of thinking and in the, in the with that in mind, I would say counseling is when someone comes to a person for help and they walk alongside them in their pain or in their suffering or in their confusion, and they give them advice 
and they help them in their journey uh, to health and to freedom and to peace. That is counseling. So how did, so is it, is it self-determined by the patient when your counseling is done when they're at peace? Uh, or I would say majority of time. Yeah. I mean, not every, you know, every person and every, uh, patient or client or, or whatever you want to call them is, is different. And so, um, I've had clients who, in my mind, I thought, you know, terminated counseling early, uh, but then have gone on, you know, and um, done great. You sure. know, they they never they never came back, and when I saw them later, you know, just out in public or whatever, they're like, "I'm doing so great," you know. Yeah. And then I've had people who. I thought had a great, you know, ending to therapy and graduated out and was like, man, there, you know, that's one. And then they come back, yep. you know, and they're like, we're not done. And I'm like, oh man, okay, well, tell me about it. So, so what are some of the, you talked it's about. It's very subjective. Of course, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're dealing with humans mm-hmm. and emotions. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. all subjective. What you, you mentioned that, like talk therapy that I mentioned, I saw him a headliner. I, I don't remember where I saw it, but that that was one of the methods. Can you just mm-hmm. give a overview of what some of the methods are that you would use? Oh, oh, that I use personally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Talk therapy is one of them. Um, I, Which is just I like, what? Like define, can you define that briefly? Talking. Well, yes, but is it directed? <laughs> is it non-directed? Is it like, See, Sorry, now, I'm married now, to a I, was saying, now I feel like you're, you know, the answers to some of these questions. No, no, no. no if so, I trust, well, I know if you're like an, an, a dummy in these I things, know some elements of it, <laughs> but I don't know the methodologies. And I, um, <laughs> it's been a long time since I was in counseling. And so my form back then, like I was a kid. So what was, was counseling like for you? Oh, you're it was play therapy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And oh, I just okay. loved it because they had the best Legos. So what kind of Legos did they have? Like, like the little kits with like the specially formed parts. So it was before <laughs> Lego really got deep into nobody cares about this. No, I, <laughs> been, I do. I, I, I was okay. really, intrigued. I just saw a bunch of shaking you know, heads. I, I um, had to it, previously share about bath and body works. I feel like you need to share about <laughs> that's Legos. True. I'll share about Legos. <laughs> um, <laughs> So like Lego now has a whole bunch of really custom pieces all over the place. You can get the Millennium Falcon and you can get all sorts of architectural buildings and things like that. But this was like the nineties. And so they hadn't gotten that, hadn't gotten that deep yet. Cool. Um, And so when they had like non block, non rectangular (laughs) type pieces and you know, it was like formed plastic um, shields that you could oh like yeah cockpit cockpit glass yeah, yeah. it was just stuff like that they had they had a lot more interesting pieces than just the blocks how so, old were you I don't remember um, do you know why you went yes my parents had a thing uh, separation or something uh, and so I didn't actually learn about that until college though 
I thought it was because I was an angry kid. Because I was. I was a uh, very angry kid. Well, I can't say that at all. Oh, boy. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I was being facetious. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, it was just a bunch of playing and talking. But it it was... Therapeutic? I don't know. How old were you when, so. you when you went through this? I don't remember. I think eight, ten. Oh, okay. Eight, See, ten. I'm picturing grown-up Doug having the best time with... I know, but grown-up Doug would then be like trying to play games back to the therapist just to like mess with them a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be... Those are always fun sessions. Yeah. But yeah. that's a game to me, so... Yeah, you're it, not alone in that. There's a personalities, mm. uh, certain personalities that um, they enjoy that. Uh, That's know. me. I like the I like the mental sparring of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, I feel like I would be one of those people in a counseling session. You definitely would be. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> I feel like it I would depend. Be. It would depend. I don't on say I don't get that sense there. about you, but I don't. He's a he's a good mental spar or two that's why you know we're friends doug mental spars me a lot mm-hmm. that sounds weird <laughs> <laughs> so um so, so yes i methods. do know some terms yeah but i don't understand a lot of the methodologies so i obviously get play therapy because my wife is a play therapist yeah um and but like talk therapy it like i just it's kind of blurry for me like, would hmm. I just come in and then you're like, what's on your mind? Or would you immediately be like, tell me about your abuse in your past because I know you have it. Because <laughs> everyone does. Because <laughs> everyone. That's not true. There's actually a lot of people that don't have abuse in their past. but hmm. um, Or trauma. Sorry. Trauma. And there's a lot of people that don't have trauma in their past, too. Uh, uh, we're we're kind of getting... Into an area that I've got some opinions about. Okay. We can avoid it. No, I mean, I don't want to avoid it. I just don't know how it's going to come across in okay. the podcast, which is, you know, maybe I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. Like, you know, it's a little, it's just, we'll see. It's up to so, you, doctor. I'm, I'm just curious about the methodologies. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's, here's my thing. Sometimes in my profession, as with any profession, I think there are people who, rightly so, want to, you know, feel important about what we do and, and how we do it. And, but I, there's, there's a part of me that's like, we, we overcomplicate what we do. That's a regular issue with a lot of, with a lot, I think you said that, but yeah, like, with a lot of professions, people like to. It's good affirmation for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we, we don't need, we don't need a, a book written on talk therapy, mm. you know, in my personal opinion, you know. Um, <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> there's lots by of, the way, Dr. Carrie Corley's <laughs> book on talk therapy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. 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 The book titled, we don't need a book. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I'm a story person. I love story. 
I just sometimes. So is it safe to say that you just, someone comes in, you start developing the relationship and you just start trying to peel back the layers and walk alongside of them and say, why are you hurting? Let me help you. I'm an outside perspective. I have a framework that I've developed throughout since I saw my first client in 2011 at Dallas Children's Advocacy Center in downtown Dallas. And so I've been counseling since then. And I've developed a framework that I think works well for me. And we use it here at the practice here. And that's the first four sessions are assessment sessions. Okay. Which means that you'll meet with your counselor and they will assess what's going on. They will collect a psychosocial history, which is a fancy term for saying your history. Yep. And all of the family systems, like we'll uh, collect a genogram, which is a fancy word for family tree. <laughs> which we covered in Francis's. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yep. In Francis's interview. And so I get a family tree. I get the presenting issue, which is someone's, you know, if someone comes in and they are depressed, they say, I'm depressed. I'm like, okay, tell me about that. And they will tell me what's going on in their heart, what's going on in their mind. And then I'll begin from there to ask some questions. So what was it like being you growing up? Mm. Um, tell me about your family. Tell me about your mom. Tell me about your dad. Tell me about your brothers and your sisters, your siblings. And I began to put the pieces together with the central idea in mind of what they brought in right so i'm depressed and then i'm like does this fit yeah so you're you're drawing the lines you're building the case now not every counselor does it that way um sure i mean yeah counselors are people too yeah 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 and there's counselors that have different techniques and different ways of doing things and then after those four sessions I create a plan and I talk about in actually in the fourth session with them, I will tell them my plan for going forward Mm. and you know, they can edit it. They can be like, yeah, I think that's spot on or think, you know, now early on my plans were usually crap, right? (laughs) Well, you gotta get, yeah, you gotta get good at what you do. So nowadays, um, um, you know, I think a good portion of the time, been doing it long enough, I can say, hey, I think this is what's going on. I think this is where we could go. And, um, you know, most people are like, yeah, I think that's great. I think you're right. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So what would you say to the person who says they don't believe in counseling? And I know you use the metaphor of, I don't believe they in cars. See us, right? They see us, right? <laughs> You see that office there, right? Um, says counseling. Um, but um, they don't believe it works. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. I, I would ask they, them a question. I would yeah. say, are you saying you don't believe it works? Yeah. They don't believe 
yeah, they don't believe it works or that it's helpful or that sure. it actually does what I get it that. claims to do. I get that. I mean, on some level, there's there's definitely times where they're right. You know, I have been to counseling that did not work. I, you know, as a, a young man in uh, my late teens, like 18, 19, went to counseling and it did not work. I did not enjoy it. Mm. It was um, a painful experience in, um, you know, uh, left it and really didn't give it much thought after that. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I empathize with that. I'd be like, yeah. I feel like it's thing that you have to, it has to be two ways, right? Like both sides have to be willing to, like you said, a relationship building type thing. If both sides yeah. aren't willing to open up and talk about things and seek a resolution to something, then it's not going to be successful. Mm. Like if somebody goes in, for example, to a, like a marriage counseling type thing mm -hmm. and one party is wanting to do it and another party isn't. Yeah. I mean, somewhat one side's probably going to come out with more. It makes it hard. Mm -hmm. um, a good marriage counselor will navigate that and that it won't always work, but the more experienced marriage counselors are used to that and they'll be able to essentially win the, the doubting spouse over. Um, usually when, when you have people who come into marriage counseling with that kind of attitude, there's typically some bad background where they've been to a counselor before and it's gone bad, you know, and that's probably fair. Yeah. And they're like, here we go again. You know? So I'm, so I had a friend, um, I lived with him uh, when I was still living in Minnesota and his wife passed away of a brain tumor like at 30 something. Jeez. And so he was getting counseling, of course, and um, it sort of helped, sort of didn't. And it was just off and on. Yeah. He obviously was still like struggling with it at certain times and would flare up and then come down and struggling with the death. Yeah. 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 So grief. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, like struggling with it being like presented to him, like, you know what I mean? When you just kind of have times of the seasons or whatever. Yeah. Grief us, does that. Yeah. yeah it's because it's associated with your sense and, oh, the it'll leaves be, are yeah, turning. Yeah. be triggered. Yeah. yeah Lindsay, Lindsay talks about that yeah. sometimes too. Um, but, so those things will happen and, you know, it would flare up and then he and I would talk about it a lot. And, um, cause. So you would provide him, you would, you were being a counselor in that moment is what I'd say. Yeah. I had counselor training in junior high. Did we talk about this? No. Oh, I was. <laughs> There's counselor training for junior hires. Yes. They had me, um, go through like a week long counseling to be a peer mediator. Oh, and so interesting. I counseled my classmates. Huh. Um, wow. Yeah. So you are, you're counseling this guy, your friend yeah. from Minneapolis. But, yeah. you know, just talking, but processing through it with him because yeah. I just like to process through things. Yeah, dude. 
That's what was really interesting, though, was that he kept getting referred to this um, widows and widowers support group. Okay. And so he would go there and, you know, he would sit in the circle and talk and, and all that stuff. And one of these days, he just came back and was like, I'm done with it. I'm hmm. done with this. I'm like, come on. Like, it couldn't have been that bad. Like, doesn't it help? He's like, there was a guy who was talking about losing his wife. He bawled the entire time. I mean, bawling, sobbing, weeping the whole time. His wife died 40 years ago. And he's still in this group. And he's still doing this. And this was like four or five years removed from her death. And he's like, if I just keep going to that group, hmm. I'm just going to keep reopening the scab. Yeah. And I'll never move on. Yeah. And so um, I feel like that's healthy. The guy bawling or your no, friend's response? No, oh, the okay. guy recognizing he's accepted. I, like, I feel like that's yeah. an acceptance thing. Yeah. Of like, this hurts, and this will probably always hurt a little bit when you think about it. Mm-hmm. But I've accepted it, and I can move forward. Yeah. Um, and he has since, and it's been great. Well, and like, he established a boundary of like, I can't be that. <laughs> I don't want to be that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So is... Yeah. So that's like a healthy progression. Is that fair to say? It sounds like it to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously I'm not asking you to like give him a certificate or anything. I just, I don't give certificates. So I'm no, not. I know. Gold stars, whatever, sure. whatever liquid does. Um, I mean, no, sometimes you've done what I tell yeah. my clients mm-hmm. is you should be very proud of the work you've done. You've done an amazing job, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy for you to be through this experience. Yeah, because it is work. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, I, like, to, I like to try and put the practical example yeah. through, you know, like Jesus with his parables. Sometimes you kind of need to see from an from a real world example angle. Yeah. So I didn't do well in my gospels class in seminary. Like parables could confuse me very easily. Oh, really? <laughs> Those aren't very little literal. No. Yes. Right. <laughs> They're it's very metaphorical, <laughs> like exclusively non-literal. I know. Parabolic almost. So yes. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> empathized <laughs> with the, not kind of, I did the first time I was introduced to the idea that, Jesus became very frustrated with the disciples frequently because they just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did like that part when he was just like, it literally says, and then Jesus had to tell them what he meant. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. he sounded a little bit frustrated. He was like, all right, guys, but for real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you. And they're like, oh. You're like, oh, oh. Yeah, you're this person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, why didn't totally you just say that? With that? Why didn't you just say that then? <laughs> you don't have to be cryptic. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. And then I, I really love Thomas because I kind of feel like 
um, doubting Thomas was a cynic too, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll believe when I can feel the wounds in his hand, you know. Stick my like, stick my finger in his Yeah. Yeah. I in his hole. I would tell his hand. Oh. <laughs> the hole in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to finish that sentence. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that I I resonate a lot with Thomas in that regard. And then Thomas is also the one that said, um, where are you going? Like, yeah, you know, I don't, we don't know where you're going. I resonate with that a lot too. Like, don't leave. <laughs> Wait, where are you going? Yeah. And yeah, I feel, I feel like he was the, uh, the planner or the organizer or something. And he's at least like, the anxious one, right? How many, how what? many meals do I need to order? <laughs> where? Right. Where are you going to be back? For we don't dinner? know where you're going. Should we leave a place? Yeah, for- I have kind of a theory. Obviously, I wasn't there. <laughs> but I've <laughs> kind of for a clearing theory. that up. Yeah, I just need to clear that up. Man. But I kind of have a theory that, like, probably the only one that really got it the whole time was Judas. Hmm. That's interesting. And well, got it by, I mean, like, he understood exactly what Jesus was saying the whole time. And probably was like, this guy's nuts. Yeah, I I actually had um, in my head when I was younger, and I haven't really explored this much anymore, but I I actually thought that um, Judas was the most loyal because he did the hardest thing. Because Jesus straight told him, go do what you need to do, right? And like, if, if Jesus was going around telling all the other apostles about what they're going to be doing and stuff. Peter, you're going to deny me three times and all this kind of stuff. Uh, You know, he knew. Yeah. And I feel like that's a burden that was placed on Judas to go and do that. I always read that as like, I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever had someone accuse you of something or someone who's just out to get you Mm -hmm. and you just tell them, you do what you need to do, man. Go ahead. Man, no, that's kind of how I, I read I that. <laughs> you feel like you feel like, like he was daring you... him. I don't. I don't know. I, no. I, I kind of agree with the like, like the take of he was. He knew already what, what he and he was being encouraging. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think he was goading him. I think I think he was giving I don't permission. Know that I would use the word goading. I'm just just like you do. You do you. You do what you need to do. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah. You do what you need to do. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can there's see, nothing. I can that see that. Too. You don't know that yeah. I have. It, it's very clear to you why I'm here and what I'm saying. You do you. Like, this is going to happen. It just, it, it just, some of the pieces just didn't add up of it being this great betrayal and all this like if if that if Judas didn't like what he was saying or what like he didn't have to travel thousands of miles or hundreds of miles on foot with the guy you know over all that span of time you I know imagine, what I mean yeah I mean I imagine and maybe I brought this on myself when I said like the only one who got it you know was Judas mm, but sure I imagine it was a journey for Judas as well. I don't think. Of course. Yeah, I don't of think. Course. 
But I'm saying I was agreeing with you. Okay. And that if Judas was the only one who got it, that had to happen. Oh, yeah. You see what I mean? Sure. Like, that's the only way that it happened mm-hmm. was he was quote unquote betrayed. Yeah. Type. And yeah. If that's I, part of the plan. So I which, counsel, I counsel a lot of pastors in the, the idea or the reality, actually, not the idea, the reality of betrayal comes up frequently for pastors. Um, and many of them are, have been betrayed or are going to be betrayed and then will have pain because of that betrayal and fear of being betrayed in the future. Depending on the personality is what they do with that. Some personalities shut down and isolate. Then other personalities become proactive in rooting out, you know, who would betray them, who would betray them, you know, kind of thing. Um, And um, I work with those pastors to get them to a point where they can say, you do you. Do what you're going to do. Do what you're going to do. Because there's really no way. There's no way to hold any kind of committee and root all the bad one, the root root out Judas, yeah. which Jesus never did. Jesus never called them all together and was like, "Hey, there's, uh, we need to." Well, that's not true. Last supper, one of you here will betray me. Right? Yeah, but uh-huh. he didn't form a committee to root out Judas. It's an unfair comparison. Sure. He already knew. Well, yes, we are, we are talking about incarnate God. So, yes. yes, I get that that's not the same. It's not a, not a um, fair comparison. Yeah. But yeah, because um, I, I, I don't, I think, and this kind of goes into Misty's book, which, you know, the interview that we have with Misty Terrell and the trauma of betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's, it really, I mean, the marriage relationship is so very special. And so betrayal there is extraordinarily painful. Right. Um, but really any form of betrayal is very painful for anyone. And so, um, there's deep wounds there. And I think you can explore that through this relationship that Jesus had with Jesus. Um, Jesus had with Judas. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I don't know I, how I we that. got off on all of that. We started with what's counseling. Yeah. yeah we ended that. You you answered it. Okay. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, I moved to um, the grief counseling of my mm-hmm. friend up in Rochester. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Is there anything else you want to cover? Anything on your mind, your heart, Dr. Coley? What is on my heart and my mind? Well, um, I think when it comes to counseling, what I want to end with is a word of encouragement to the person who doesn't believe. Yep. (laughs) That that's okay. In the process. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. That's okay. 
um, don't let that keep you from uh, growth or healing uh, or healing. Yeah. Um, and if if my validation of that rings true to you, you know, as you hear this, then um, find a good counselor. And finding a good counselor, uh, a, a good friend of mine, John Thompson, would always say this. Finding a good counselor is like um, finding a good pair of shoes to go on a journey with. Like mm. sometimes it, you're going to have to try a few pairs on. Yep. You know? And I know nobody, especially if you're not, you know, not wanting to do something in the first place. It's like, oh gosh, I gotta go, you know. Well, but I mean, you would shop for the right car, you would shop for the right, you know, financial advisor, or you, yes, any of that stuff. You would, yeah. Yeah. Insurance companies, Mm -hmm. we do this all the time, so we're well accustomed to it. So, where do the where's the free trials of counseling? Well. At our practice, we have a free 15-minute phone consultation. So well, You should have an ad that plays and says that. I think we do. <laughs> <laughs> we do. It's coming up here shortly. Oh, sorry. That's the literal part. No, that's good. I think maybe um, in a future episode, we should discuss some of the things to look for in a counselor, what makes a good counselor versus a bad counselor, and Let's things like that. do it. Yeah, that's good. Okay, cool. But that'll be next time. Okay, that'll be next time. Until then, please send questions, prayer requests, and encouragement to ask me anything at relaxedandfree.com. Did we change that email? Or is that it? Um, mail me. Oh, yeah. The other you, one. Really, either one works. Either so, one works. Yeah. Mail me at relaxedandfree.com or ask me anything at relaxedandfree.com. Until then, rejoice in hope, endure in suffering, and persist in prayer. Much love. At Lakewood Family Therapy, we aim to be your refuge in the storm. We're professional Christian counselors whose sole purpose is to bring healing to your family and hope for the future. If you'd like a free 15-minute phone consultation with one of our professional counselors, you can call or text 816-663-9751 or head on over to our website, lwfamilytherapy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Lakewood Family Therapy, where faith, family, and future is our number one priority. Relaxed and Free is a presentation of Lakewood Family Therapy. Catch up on other episodes wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review. Every review honestly helps us bring you this content. Production and engineering led by Doug Bonebreak. Recording done by Chris Renfro. Stay relaxed and free. Let's not waste time. We'll take this slow. We've got miles behind us, but miles to go. So let's just break this down to the simplest truth. You and I as one Always be better than two Yeah, you and I as one will always
better than 